Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Apple decides not to scan your iCloud photos against the Child Sexual Abuse Material Database, or CSAM, as it has other plans to expand its communication safety features. Federal Trade Commission filed an antitrust complaint against Microsoft alleging that its bid to acquire Activision Blizzard violates U.S. law. Meta's content moderation policy for Facebook and Instagram had a double standard for high-profile users compared to regular folks. And the likes of Meta and Microsoft contemplate trying to gain Twitter market share with Twitter-like and WeChat-like super apps, respectively. we got all this and more for you in Episode 64 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Christmas is Among Us. Uh, as you can tell, me and Rob are holding it down, just us two. We definitely want to thank Chair Sandwich Samuels for coming in last week, held it down. Got some positive numbers. Uh, Cherish was uh, fire last week, man. I just got to call it what it is. She came on and did her thing, and the people have recognized it. I believe I was telling you that we got all the way up to, um, what, what did I say, 51? 41, 41 on Apple podcast, as far as tech news is concerned, which was our record. I think our previous record was the 51st spot. So for our show, you know, that is, you know, just self-produced and the generally the three of us doing it, you know, to get to 41 is, is kind of a thing, but yeah, she, she was good. man. That, and I think people are tired of listening to dudes (laughs) just talk about tech. So when they got somebody knowledgeable and sensible that can come on, you know, uh, Stephanie, you know, she kind of livens up the two of us and then we bring on guests. I think our highest, um, highest numbers have been when we brought in female guests yeah. who are also techies. So there may be something to that. Yeah. We have to go back to when we had Professor Tanya M. Evans. I think that is our number one show. Then we had a show, uh, with, uh, um, I'm trying to think, was it a full, a full of Bruce? That was a high, uh, show. So yeah. So yeah, when, when we bring, uh, we bring folks on here who know what they're talking about, those shows tend to, tend to do well. I think a part of it too is that they already have followings <laughs> and they tweet it out or LinkedIn it out or Facebook it out to their following. So we pick up some, you know, some of those folks I, as well. I think it's more than that. I personally, I don't want to listen to a podcast with a bunch of dudes. That's just all. That's just me. Yeah. And I think, you know, bringing in variety. You know, different voices, people that can bring their different, uh, outlooks, outtakes, you know, cause even though we, me and you are two different people, you know, um, 
we're black dudes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like a category, right? <laughs> so to bring somebody on different backgrounds, different, you know, upbringings, different voices, you know, that I think people appreciate that. But that's just me. No, it's not just you. It's me. It's Stephanie. That's that's why we do it. It's, I think a lot of folks appreciate that. I mean, as far as black folks go, black women are over half of us. <laughs> so I be. And they listen to podcasts. They listen to podcasts. Dudes don't, li- dudes don't be listening to podcasts like that unless it's a sports show. Then we'll we'll listen to that all day long. But anything else, we're out. Right. <laughs> the women, they listen to and they, they support each other. So we we I think we get some of the bleed from some of that. And uh I ain't I'm not I ain't too proud to beg, but like that. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who are listening right now, we are trying something a little different. We have changed our platforms for live streaming and recording our show. We've moved over to Riverside.fm. We're gonna test this out for a while and see how it works. This is not a commercial for them. But the reason I bring that up is because there are folks right now who are watching us live darn near in real time. I think the lag is maybe a second, second and a half as compared to YouTube live. So we got folks out here watching us. And in order to do that, in order to watch us do the live stream and then our little after party that we have come up after this, you have to become a member of our Patreon and, you know, and a supporter of the show. So you can do that by heading over to patreon.com forward slash the tech john. And any one of our tiers over there will help support the show and allow us to do the things that we do as far as bringing technology to you, but gives you the opportunity to listen to us record this show live and then hang out with us in the live after party afterwards. So once again, and that is patreon.com forward slash the tech john. So Terrence, why don't we go ahead and get into some of this tech news this this happened over the last week? And I see the first story here was a story that we actually talked about this twice now on the show. Um, you know, when there was news about it, but Apple is decided to kill CSAM or CSAM scanning feature. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on there? Yeah, sure. So, like Rob mentioned, if you don't know, uh Apple was thinking about um on all of the devices or in iCloud, if you upload any pictures to iCloud, Apple was going to scan those pictures for child sexual abuse material, which stands short for, well, CSAM is short for child sexual abuse material. So what they were going to do is you upload pictures to iCloud. Uh, Apple was going to put a uh, CSAM detection tool and scan those devices for any um uh child abuse, child neglect, child safety, child sexual abuse material specifically. Um a lot of a lot of um conversations around that. A lot of people the main thing was, you know, people um data, you know, and data privacy specifically, you know, uh that whole slippery slope thing. Well, you know, the argument that I heard was, well, you know, if Apple goes in and automatically scans starts now and say they're only scanning for, you know, CSAM detection um, uh, uh, content, you know, what is stopping them from scanning for other things like just stuff illegal in general or just private stuff that when you take a picture on your phone, on your iPhone specifically, your iPhone at Apple prides itself on being private you know, the, 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 the expectation is that stuff stays private. Unfortunately, the CSAM stuff, as noble as it is, kind of breaks that line that Apple themselves set. So we don't know how we feel about that, right? So I think uh, Apple had a lot of that and they kind of, 
They kind of fell back a little bit when the argument first came out, paused it. And now it looks like they are going to can it all together. Uh, what they're going to do is uh, I'll just read this quote. After extensive consultation with experts to gather feedback on child protection initiatives, we proposed last year we are deepening our investment in the communication safety feature that we first made available in December 2021. Company told Wired. So basically what Apple's doing is saying we're going to nix the CSAM um, tool and we're going to replace it with this communication safety feature. So basically um, Apple's kind of replacing it to, you know, either one kind of uh, what's the word? regenerate that goodness as it relates to, you know, the promises that Apple made as far as data privacy, you know, and to, you know, uh, uh, kind of sidestep a lot of the arguments on, you know, privacy data, things of that nature. So that's pretty much what's happening. Of course, you know, a lot of people are some people rightfully so, you know, um, kind of like the idea, you know, of being able to scan for child sexual abuse material, because that's like, a cardinal sin, you know, I don't know too many people. It's like, you know, child sexual abuse material. Uh, I'm okay with it. Ain't too many people like that. But, no. you know, when it comes to your, your data privacy, you know, people are like, there's got to be a better way to doing it than just automatically scanning my personal private pictures. Yeah. And I think the way Apple was going to do it was about as safe as you could get with it. Because if you correct me if I'm wrong, Terrence, but they weren't like sending your stuff to iCloud and then scanning it there. They were scanning it on your device, if I remember correctly. It's reversed. So any pictures that you upload to iCloud, they were going to scan those pictures. Okay. The quick and dirty answer to that to be don't upload pictures to iCloud. And you can do it on an iPhone. You just don't enable iCloud photo library. And then you keep all your pictures on your phone. Apple's not going on your phone. The, the CSAM thing was going to scan any pictures you upload to iCloud. Okay. So I had that backwards. Okay. So yeah, I, I understand. I, I, I can understand and I can see because I would, I would probably feel the same way. If I put stuff in something that you telling me that no one has access to, mm-hmm. no one has access to it for any reason. Mm-hmm. Um, now you and I both are sitting here saying there's no way we're going to have that kind of stuff in our, you know, in, in our iCloud. You got to be a bone fool to kind of, you know, number one, something is wrong all the way with you. If you are, you know, looking at these kind of images, number one, but number two, you got to be a real idiot to put it in a place where it can actually get synced up and, and, and get reported on. And I think what people were saying is that, well, I don't have those kind of images, but I don't want you peeking around in my stuff. I don't want you looking at my files. I, w- I want that stuff to be private. I would rather even not use your service than to have that happen. So Apple, and I think that they, you know, this is, you know, folks are like, you, you know, you had, had a complete about face. Well, yes, they, I, I think that the community has spoken and has said that we don't like this. And Apple said, okay, we're going to go back and figure out another way. I don't have a problem with that. People are wanting to, you know, well, you shouldn't have been doing it in the first place. And it's like, there's a lot of things that a company shouldn't do but in order to figure out whether or not they should do it or not, they kind of have to test, you know, test the waters, put it out there, you know, test and see whether or not people are going to be with it or not going to be with it and then kind of make decisions from there. And I think this is one of those things. Well, see, what Apple did was they kind of shot themselves in the foot. What I mean by that is I, I just want to go on something you said before. I mean, you're talking about the person that's actually taking pictures or uh, collecting this sickening material, right? 
you're saying they'd be an idiot to sync that up. Not technically, because Apple has promoted, 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 promoted themselves on being we are the safest place. We uh, love we pride ourselves on data privacy. Nobody's going to use your picture. Nobody's going to use your data to make money off of it. We're not going to sell it to anybody. We can't even get into it. That's Apple's or Apple's mm-hmm. big things, right? So they kind of, that's their thing that that's the hill that they're going to die on is what they said. And then with this new feature, it for good or for bad, I'm not arguing good or bad, right? But now they're pulling out this feature that's like, yeah, you know what them things we said before about, uh, is still true. We're not going to sell your data. We're not going to use your data to make money. But the third one that you said, even we can't access your data. Eh, don't worry about that one so much because yeah. this new feature, we need to access your data to do X, Y, and Z. That kind of goes against their tenet of we can't even act. It's, in, it's encrypted and yada, yada, yada and all these other things, right? So it kind of they shot themselves in the foot by then turning around and kind of producing this tool while good, uh, good intentions. It, it goes against their principles. And that's what people are arguing. It's like, are, why are you, is Apple, does Apple have access to our data or not? If you do, you do. If you don't, or you say you don't, you then can't turn around and then access mm-hmm. my data. It makes me feel icky to even try to put myself into the shoes of someone who could have gotten hemmed up by this. So I'm not, I'm just going to completely change gears and go to something else. Let's talk about back in the day. You, you remember how folks just had all kind of bootleg MP3s and stuff like that on the phone. I was getting them from Napster and all mm-hmm. every torrent site. And all like Let's just talk mm-hmm. about that. So I'm just saying, and I'm going to channel, I'm going to channel Terrence Gaines on this. If I know that this stuff is illegal, you ain't going to catch me slipping. There is no way in the world that Look, I'm going to put man. that stuff on my phone in a people, data center that I do not control. Yeah, people are stupid. Yeah, pe- pe- people yeah, they, are stupid. They don't. It, the, 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 the train of thought of people, if, if all criminals were masterminds, <laughs> we wouldn't have, you know, it'd be a whole different subject. You know, uh, police detectives, prosecutors, attorney generals who have to work a whole lot harder to uh to prove crack some cases. Unfortunately, they don't have to work that hard. So I think you're giving uh people too much credit. But again, you know, if the fine print says, if I'm a criminal, right, and I'm doing criminal stuff like you said, taking pick taking music, right? And I'm like, all right, well, I got all this data. Where can I put it? You know, Apple said they ain't going to even touch our data. As a matter of fact, Apple said they can't even get into my data. I'm like, all right, bet. I mean, it's just one, two, three, right? <laughs> and that's how yeah. the extent of, you know, uh, again, a mastermind would be like, you know, uh, ain't nobody, I'm put it under my, in paper. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sing the songs. I'm going to memorize the songs and the only place they are is in my head. Right. So can't nobody get to right. them, but right. everybody don't mastermind like yeah. that. <laughs> but long, for folks who are wondering, it's like, what the heck is them two talking about? We are talking about Apple killing CSAM. I just, that's, it makes me feel icky to put myself in the shoes of somebody who Apple would be trying to get with this stuff. And I didn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. doing that. So yeah, this, I, I think this was, is a good one because it's like, no, we have way too many people who are just not you know, with this, let's go find another way. Um, let's go find another way. So Terrence, this next story, I know that you probably had your ears perk up when you, when you saw it, but the FTC is now suing Microsoft to block its acquisition 
of Activision Blizzard, uh, you know, Activision, the, the fame maker of Call of Duty. So it, I believe it's like a $69 billion deal that Microsoft has, has got with Activision trying to buy it. And FTC is like, nah, slow, slow your roll. It makes you too big. It makes, uh, you know, it makes it, you know, difficult for other game developers to do what they do. So I wanted to get your take on this. You know, what do you think about them actually blocking and whether or not it's going to stay blocked? We don't know, but that's actually where they are right now. They are suing the FTC. The Federal Trade Commission is suing Microsoft over this deal. Uh, I think Microsoft just tried to do this at a bad time. Uh, what I mean by that is, I don't see the antitrust in this. And this is just based on my rudimentary understanding, right? Microsoft is a uh, software developer. Uh, Activision is a software developer, but they are, they are highly specific because they create games, right? Microsoft's competition I don't think it's other game developers. Again, this is just me understanding. Microsoft, as far as gaming, their competition is Sony. Their competition is Nintendo. Their competition is uh, Steam for uh, as long as they're around, whatever. Whomever um, makes the platforms that the games are played on, in my opinion, that's Microsoft's competition. So the antitrust thing, again, school me if I'm wrong, says, all right, Microsoft would be too big if they buy Activision competition, yada, yada, yada. But if there are other game developers out there that compete with Call of Duty or compete with Activision, you know, name of, you know, in the people who make Fortnite, people who make, um, uh, Battleground Unknown, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, PUBG, mm-hmm. uh, people who make, you know, Diablo, the people who make, uh, yeah, World of Warcraft. Those are Blizzard. You know, those yeah, are I get the competition. Point, yeah. Right. Those are the competition for Activision. So Microsoft owning Activision, in my opinion, doesn't make them big enough to where other people can't compete. Now, school me if I'm wrong. Um, I just think Microsoft trying to buy Activision just came at a bad time when people, where people were people, government are like, yo, these companies are just getting too big. I don't care what you're trying to buy. That just sounds too big. So no. <laughs> so I think this is a situation where in the case of Sony, doesn't matter what Microsoft is doing or why Microsoft is doing it. From their standpoint, it doesn't benefit us. So therefore it must be a detriment to us. Let's complain right. that there's, you know, we're not trying to buy Blizzard, uh, in, in Activision. That's Microsoft trying to do that. So if, if it's a benefit to them, our competition, we need to, you know, to, you know, to, to yell to the mountaintops that, Hey, this is how this could adversely affect us. One of the most popular games on the planet is Call of Duty. They could take that game exclusive. Sony, particularly, they know about exclusive. Sony has some ridiculously good exclusive Got games. More, GT, <laughs> uh, Gran Turismo. <laughs> their, their games are awesome mm-hmm. that are excluded. So. I see them saying, well, we don't want you to take because when you think about Activision, I mean, I'll say, I will say Activision Blizzard, there's a lot of games. I mean, if you were to go into the top 100 games, Activision Blizzard are going to be okay. 60, 70 of them. So, I mean, it's, okay. it, it, they are, they're that big. Um, they're you know, big, like yeah. I said, you know, the games you, you know, the games you were naming, those are Blizzard games. Oh, those, that, that's, oh, they, they fall <laughs> under this too. Mind, so, <laughs> from that standpoint, 
um, from a Sony standpoint, and even and we'll talk about this next line in this story here from a Nintendo standpoint up until recently, this is a big deal for them because Activision made games that went on PlayStation. They made games that went on the Switch. It made games that went on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the PC. If they so, say you, d- these are now only available to us, if they want to take them, you know, if yeah, they want right. to take them, and they uh, platform, um, only. They, they could have done that. So, uh, we, like I said, we talked about this story before. When we came out, it was, I believe the, the head of Microsoft Gaming, he was doing every podcast and, you know, an interview, TV show interview that he could to try to say, no, 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 we, we, we want, we, you know, three years not enough for you, Sony. How about 10? We will give you a 10 year license on this. I'd like to do it indefinitely. But the lawyers won't allow that. We can't write things. We can't have contracts that have indefinite terms. So, um, or it's just not good for us to do that. So how, how about 10 years? And then the, like, so the next line in this is that Microsoft is now going to bring Call of Duty to the Nintendo Switch. Um, this, you know, it, that's a platform to where COD has, you know, has just, it hasn't been on, on, on that platform. I know I, I would play it if it was on there. I have a Switch. Um, I probably only play my Switch. Five to ten percent of the amount of time that I play my Xbox and PlayStation, but if I had Call of Duty on a Switch, I would put it on there. Reason being is because my Switch is my travel game. When I go somewhere and I'm going to be, if I'm on vacation or if I'm going to go and you know be, you know, like at my mother-in-law's or something like that, you know, for a long weekend, I'm taking my Switch just because it's way easier than t- than lugging an Xbox with me, which I used to do. I I literally had a backpack for my Xbox 360 back in the day. Then whenever I would go visit my mother-in-law, I would pack that thing up um, along with a small TV and take with me every single time so I would go to you, visit. So were you actually visiting your mother-in-law if you had all that equipment with you? I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. But, but ultimately I think, and I think I made this point the last time we talked about it. Ultimately, Ultimately, Microsoft, by owning Activision, eventually or ultimately can say what they can and can't do with their own properties. Mm-hmm. And the the CEO or the owner of Activision or whomever can go around and say everything they want to say. But I don't put nothing past no company that's trying to make money. So 10 years for whatever the, uh, Microsoft could very well. They have, if, if they owned Activision, this deal went through and five years from now, you know, Microsoft decided, you know what? We don't like that PlayStation has all of these exclusive, uh, content. You know what? Um, we changed our minds. Call of Duty is a Microsoft exclusive. Right. And can't nobody do nothing about it. Same way. We talked about it before. Ticketmaster bought Live Nation mm-hmm. and now they're letting all these event promoters and all these event venues, you know, Ticketmaster and Live Nation is like, oh, you don't want to go with us? Uh, good luck doing anything else because, uh, if we don't own it, uh, we'll, we'll squash you and can't anybody do anything about it. I was just looking at the sidetrack, but not really. Um, Bad Bunny, I think, uh, had a issue with uh ticket sales and Ticketmaster again is apologizing because oh we're sorry that the tickets the I forget what the actual problem with it is but they can apologize all they want to they can apologize to Bad Bunny's fans they can apologize to Taylor Swift's fans but ultimately they still getting paid and all they got to do mm-hmm. is apologize 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 but we can't do none of them we can't the the government can't do anything about it because they already own them so I think you know ultimately. I think the FTC is like, you know what? Uh, 
y'all just trying to buy that a bad time. Yeah. Um, we're just going to yeah. nix this and yeah. figure it rest out later. The, the other part of it is Game Pass. Because, you know, with Game Pass, you can just pay Microsoft a monthly fee or yearly fee, however you decide to do it. And then you just get really cool games. They're just part of your Xbox experience. You don't have to go buy the games. They just come with that Game Pass subscription. So one of the things that I think Sony is also looking at, even though you're saying you're going to give us a 10 year license on this, that, you know, this game is going to be uh, available to us and you have every plan to at the end of that 10 years renew for another 10 years. Even though you're saying that you're giving yourself such an advantage by putting this game to where our customers would have to purchase the game, you know, outside of any plans. But your customers can just purchase a plan and they just have this game and many other games that would be available, you know, via this acquisition. So that I think that they would be looking at, you know, that's like a, you know, you, you now have like this ridiculous unfair advantage over us that we can't really compete with because you, you are the, uh, the game developer. You can determine whether or not you want to make those games available on your game pass, which Microsoft has already said they would do. So this is one of those ones to where a lot of times, you know, FCT, FTC sues a lot of folks for a lot of things. Um, often, the companies will, okay, well, let's change this. Let's change that. And then those lawsuits get dropped or dismissed or what have you. And those acquisitions go through. This is one to where my gut, if, if I was a betting man, I would say that probably eventually this acquisition is going to go through for Microsoft, but I'm not as, I'm not as sure about it as I would be some other ones because like this, this is a big deal and it absolutely could, you know, adversely affect, uh, uh, you know, Sony. And as I said, you know, Microsoft worked out the deal with Nintendo to get this game. And I'm assuming that there would be others as well that they'll get over to the Switch. But Sony hasn't signed any of those kind of deals yet. So we'll we'll have to keep watching this and see how this one, uh, you know, comes out. All right. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So our next story, Terrence, this is another one of yours. Meta's content moderation Double standards. I'm uh, you know, when, when I read through this one, I was like, I'm surprised. It's like a kind of it's kind of what I would expect. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about what's going on with uh, Meta and the content moderation rules and how it's one way from one set and a different way for a different set? Well, you know, um, Facebook uh, is a content platform. It's a social media platform. Uh, it uses content. It uses our content. Uh, you know. To get the hats out of the bag, you know, these, a lot of these content, um, influencers, content creators have figured out the more views, the more likes, the more engagement, the more comments I have, the more flu- influential I'll be, right? So I think a lot of these, you know, uh, social media influencers, social media creators are trying to climb 
this influential profile ladder when it comes to social media because it opens up new avenues, A, B, C, D, yada, 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 right? Uh, there are celebrities, athletes, entertainers, rappers, artists, whatever the case may be, who already have that, that, uh, the platform, the followers, the viewers, that's a lot of these other smaller influencers are trying to get. And it looks like Facebook and Instagram has a quote unquote list of the most profile profile, the most high profile and commercially use useful users on their services. And they want to make sure from what I can understand, they want to make sure that those high profile uh, influencers are not getting their content either. They want to make sure they preface their content because those are the high profile people. They're going to bring all the likes. They're going to bring all the engagement. So they want to make sure anything they post from what I understand about this story, they are preferencing the high profile content, even if it breaks some of their rules and content moderation standards. So if I put something out there, like maybe they use the example about uh, Neymar, since we're talking about the World Cup, you know, Neymar that plays for Brazil, uh, they got booted out of World Cup, but that's another story. But uh, back in 2019, I want to say, uh, he is on this list, uh, according to Facebook and Instagram, of these high profile people. He's got millions and millions of followers. Um, back in 2019, he was in the middle of some sort of uh, sexual abuse case, and he put um, non-consensual nude slash explicit pictures on Instagram of this woman in question that he was wrapped up in a sexual abuse or sex, um, sexual assault case with the pictures stayed up for like the course of a day. And people in this report, this story is surmising that the reason why it didn't get taken down so fast is because he was on this list of these high profile people and anything that he put didn't go through the same automated checks that a picture that if I was in the same scenario and I put something like that up, it would get stricken immediately. So uh, Facebook, it looks like meta rather did some sort of internal investigation and lo and behold, they found out that there are a lot of people, a lot of influencers that um, have these um, low moderating checks that they have to go through versus everybody else has these high Facebook high, they're still kind of low, if you ask me, <laughs> but Facebook high uh, um, parameters that they have to meet. Um, but and then Facebook kind of misled people about it. They were like, oh, we don't we we everybody's content is the same. We don't do people's content differently. But then internal investigation meta like did their own inter- audit, for lack of a better term, found out that wasn't the case. So that's pretty much just what the story is about. And like you said, if anybody is surprised, <laughs> I have a bridge nowhere to sell you. <laughs> yeah. So let, let me see if I can rephrase this and make it shorter. Meta at Facebook has determined that if you are uber popular and have a ton of followers, you make us more money. So we're going to moderate you less to keep that money coming in as compared to the regular folks that got 11 people following them that we're going to moderate to the nth degree. Because we make less money off of them, so it ain't no thing for us. Yep, that's pretty much it. So it, it, let me see if I can even simplify that further. We make money off of folks who have a lot of followers. We don't off of those who don't. That's why we moderate the way we moderate. 
Yep. That, that's that what's going on. The problem. Yeah. And it that is. That is the, the main problem. They, they pick favorites. With, well, it, 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 bigger than that, that is a problem with a platform where you, the user, is the product. When you are the product, your, your, your content, our content makes Facebook money, makes Instagram money, makes Twitter money. So that is a heavy proponent on who, when, where, why, and how you can add, you can just mm-hmm. look at the recent things with Elon Musk. You know, he's got some, he's in some hot water because over the weekend, you know, the free speech abolition, well, the absolutist, I said, right. I <laughs> get rid of free speech. The free, like that. <laughs> yeah, the free speech, uh, absolutist. absolutist, right? He got, he, uh, Dave Chappelle had some sort of concert over the weekend, uh, brought Elon Musk on stage. Everybody booed him to death. You know, the, the story was over. All the videos went up on Twitter and word on the street is Elon Musk or, and or Twitter is trying to, uh, delete or remove those videos from the internet. So again, this kind of goes along the lines of Facebook, you know, same thing with Twitter, same thing with social media in general. There is a list, there is a level that people know the game and they're trying to climb up this level. So if you believe that, you know, um, social media is the ultimate place to where you can say whatever you want to say and, um, it's just going to fly out there without any sort of, moderation, you know, sorry, any sort of anything, they may say this is a free speech, but they've got a list. They've got a hierarchy. And if you at the bottom, <laughs> good luck. If you at the top, you can get off, uh, get off and not have to worry about it. So let's, let's keep sticking with uh, social media because, uh, there, there is some Twitter news. Actually today, Twitter blue went live again, but here's the interesting thing about this. It costs more. Uh, you know, so Twitter Blue, when it first launched, you know, a few weeks back, back in, I guess it was back in November when it, when it initially launched, it was, uh, you know, it was only eight bucks. But now in the relaunch is eight dollars for the web, but it is eleven dollars for iOS. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about that aspect of it because my question is, will bypassing the Apple tax or just, you know, app store fees in general, is that going to become more of a thing. And I know you are the Apple guy. So I want to get, get your take on that. You know, will you see more and more companies saying it's going to cost you more if you buy it through the app store? You can just go to the website and buy it here and it's going to cost you, you know, at least 30% less. That may be tricky because there are some people who will never use Twitter on the website. <laughs> and if you're telling them, I don't know how the situation works is the only place they can use Twitter blue is via twitter.com or they just have to create their subscription via twitter.com. And then once their subscription is, you know, started for lack of a better term, then they can just sign in using their account anywhere, like on an iPhone and still have the benefits of Twitter blue. Or is it the, um, you only can use Twitter blues features. If you're using the web, if you log into Twitter on your iPhone, you won't get those same benefits and features because on the iPhone, if it's the latter, there are a lot of people who don't really care at all about going to the web to use Twitter. So it's a, I think it's tricky. It's a slippery slope. So Elon is gambling because if that is the case, then he may run the risk of, um, turning people away, uh, from Twitter because I I, I don't want to go on the internet. I think the situation is that 
the Twitter app is going to work the same, regardless of whether you're Twitter blue or Twitter, you know, or not Twitter blue. I think they, I, th- that is my understanding. Don't get me the line because I'm not on an iPhone. I don't have an iOS device, so I'm not testing this out for myself because I sure enough ain't going to be the one of ones paying eight or eleven dollars for Twitter blue. So I can't test it to tell you. But my thought tells me the the way I've read these stories is that what what is happening is that. You have a Twitter account that's independent of your whether you're on an iPhone, an Android device or the web. You just have a Twitter account. And if you want to purchase Twitter blue on your iPhone because it is on the iPhone, you have to go through the app store and therefore you have to pay the 30 percent to Apple. So what they're doing is, well, if you buy it through the app store, it's going to cost eleven dollars to add this to your account. However, if you decide I'm not going to go to the app store, I'm just going to go right there on my iPhone to the web, you know, go to the Twitter's interface and buy it there because you're no longer going through the app store. It now only costs you eight. That is my understanding. Anyone listening, if I have that incorrect, please let us know. But I, but, I, but I believe that that is how it is. And, you know, it works the same way. So if you, you know, for example, if you were to you're using Twitter on your desktop. Oh, wow. Twitter blue. I want to get this. You buy the eight dollar Twitter blue. You now have a Twitter blue verified account. You log into mm-hmm. you, you log into your app on your iPhone. You still have Twitter blue. You just didn't purchase it through the iPhone. You just have okay. it as part of your account. That is how I understand this to work. So my well, question, I mean, that'll, that'll be a, that'll be a workaround yeah. that if you want Twitter blue, I mean, it'd just be common sense to do it. You know, I'm an eye heavy iPhone user. Mm-hmm. If I wanted Twitter blue, they're going to charge me. What is $11 versus the $8? I'm just going to go on Twitter.com, the create my Twitter blue, whatever, do whatever I need to do. And then that'd be the last first and last time I go on right. Twitter.com on the web. I go back on my phone and keep doing my thing. Right. Um, and that I don't see a big issue again. If it's the other way around, the only way I get the Twitter blue features on my phone is if I sign up to Twitter blue via the website, then I got to, you know, then, then some people might be questioning whether or not to do it. Yeah. And I think, uh, um, I don't know if you've ever looked at the LinkedIn, the web progressive app, I guess web five dot or, or, you know, or web five or whatever, whatever they call it. But, uh, if you look at LinkedIn's app, you know, on a mobile phone, you literally can't mm-hmm. tell the difference between it. And the actual app, if you were to download it. Now, I know somebody saying, well, Rob, there's this difference and there's that difference. But I'm just saying out of the 80 percent of things that people use, 99 percent of the time, you cannot tell the difference between the website on a phone and the app and the app and the the app. app. So I think if 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 Apple were to go to that to that link, because remember, we're dealing with Elon Musk now. This money doesn't mean anything to him. You know, regardless of whether or not, yeah, regardless of whether or not you buy Twitter blue or don't buy Twitter blue, he's still the richest person on earth. One of the richest to have ever been. So his mindset, and I'm, I'm not speaking for him, but I just think his mindset is like, Oh, you want to play those kind of games? Well, I got the money to play them. Um, how about we just pull Twitter off of the app store altogether? And we just bypass your app store altogether by, you know, I can go get a bunch of developers, make this thing as good as the LinkedIn app is, you know, on on mobile. Mm -hmm. And you don't even need to use an app any longer. You literally just have a shortcut that you click, you know, just like you would click the, you know, the the app icon. And it just opens up literally in the web progressive app right there on your phone. Um, I'm certain that that is what he would do. Um, I believe that the Twitter app actually pretty much functions, you know, in the, the web app on the phone pretty much does everything that the, the actual app does. So he may already yeah, even I'm be looking there. At it. 
Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm on Twitter.com on my phone, not the native app. And I mean, it looks it looks pretty good. I've I've never actually utilized it, uh-huh. you know. But um, I'm just scrolling through it, and it looks no different than if I was on the native Twitter app. Um, I would assume the only benefit to using the native app is you're always signed in versus on the web. You have to create a browser. I mean, it's not hard to go to Twitter.com, open another browser and go to Twitter.com, make a bookmark, whatever the case may be, you know, but clickety click real fast. I just go to Twitter app and then get in. I don't have to worry about it logging me out. Like some sites will log you out after 30 days, whatever the case may be. Uh, but just throw scrolling through this. I don't see no different. So if the latter was the case, and the only way to use Twitter Blue is through the web portion of Twitter. Um, I could see people, people are already up in the air about paying for Twitter Blue anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of said at the top, ain't nobody, ain't, I, I think Musk is really overestimating how many people really care about Twitter Blue and check marks and things like that. But well, you, you know, a whole less, of, you know, there are more people who are interested in it. Than you might think. Now, there are a lot of folks. We know multiple of them. Pretty much everyone that I know personally that is, uh, you know, blue check mark verified. Let's talk about Stephanie because she is, and she has said that there is no way on earth that she would ever pay for this. We also, and she said that on this show. So I don't feel, you know, bad about repeating what she has said about what she's doing. I know at least five other. Twitter blue verified folks who are the old school Twitter blue verified to where they, you know, the work that they have done in whatever they do has been deemed worthy of having that blue check mark. They have all to my ear have told me I have no intention on doing that. I will say that there are folks who I don't necessarily know, but that I follow or that I have come, you know, come across and they're saying, Oh, absolutely. I would do this. It, it, it benefits me regardless of whether or not it is a vanity check mark now or not. The fact that I didn't have it before and I have it now. I mean, I, I know folks. I've seen folks who have posted and have written about, I did not have it before. I have it now and it has benefited my following and my reach to get to people. So I think folks are going to look at it. I, I think that what is starting to happen now with Twitter is that we're kind of moving beyond that, you know, either the thing is going to burn down because Elon Musk bought it or it's going to be the best social platform on on the planet because Elon Musk bought it. I think where I've always been is I'm just going to kind of wait and see. One of these other stories we should probably talk about is that we probably should say Twitter ads for over 20 brands, including Amazon, Snap and Uber, start appearing on white nationalist, uh, you know, pages which is problematic. They are not happy about that. So Elon coming to Twitter, those kind of issues are happening. Um, but another thing that is true, and I said this, I think last week or week before last, the number of users since Elon has purchased Twitter has gone up precipitously. It's not, it's not like if you just look and the line is the same as it was before he bought it, it actually spiked up, you know, I mean, it's going further north than it was before. So both of those things are true. I don't think Twitter is really going anywhere. And I don't think even Elon Musk can quickly wreck Twitter to the point to where it's gone in three months. I, I, I've never thought that, still don't think that. What I do think is that stuff like this, these 20 brands saying, yo, what's going on? I'm showing up on a white nationalist page. How was that happening? Because, uh, you know, I, I think that injects uncertainty into Twitter. And that makes people kind of sit back and say, well, I'm going to kind of hold off and, and you know, and, and see what's going on here. So um, the, the whole Twitter blue thing, I think that uh, is interesting. I have no intention on buying a Twitter blue uh, check mark, but I'm not 
knocking people who have because I can it's like, hey, I, I, before I had this, these are what my numbers look like. Literally the day after I got it, these are what my numbers look like. I am a influencer on Twitter that benefited me by getting that blue that blue check mark when I didn't have it before. So um, let me see here. Do we have, was there anything else that we want to talk about as far as uh, Twitter? Here's, here's one of the things that the uncertainty is uh, bringing into Twitter. Microsoft and Facebook are trying to pull off some of these Twitter users. So I'll, I'll go with uh, Microsoft first. Microsoft don't know if they're actually working on it, if this is something that they're thinking about doing, but they want to build a WeChat like super app to try to go after some Twitter users to where you basically, you know, if, um, you know, WeChat is not something that we use here in the States a lot, but it is used in Asia. It is used in like Australia. Uh, it, it is the thing. It, it is the, it is a platform that literally everyone is on and you can do everything there. You can, you know, it is your eBay. It is your Amazon. It is your Twitter. It is your Facebook. It is your everything app all into one. It is your Uber app. It is your Uber Eats. All the things that you do with all these other apps here in the States, that's all built into WeChat. And Microsoft is saying that they may want to build something like that. And you also can look at uh, Facebook, or I should say Meta. They're thinking about with Instagram, potentially going after Twitter, adding more Twitter-like features into Instagram notes. And just trying to see if they can peel off some of that, you know, some of that, some of that Twitter user base or bring them over into their fold. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, I don't know if that's going to work in the United States. I think the reason why WeChat works is because, you know, other countries have limited resources to where um, they really don't have any other options. But a WeChat again, I don't know. You know, what countries use it heavy? I don't know. You know, I don't know all those numbers or anything like that. But I think the reason why WeChat works similar to how WhatsApp works is because that's all they got, you know, so they have to build in shopping. They have to build in payment services, mobile payments. They have to build in, you know, gig, gig, gig economy purchases and, and, and transactions. And they have to build all that stuff into a WeChat because they know other options, right? Mm-hmm. In America, <laughs> competition capitalism, you know, we have a, uh, a plethora of choices as to how we get our information, how we do transactions, you know, how we get paid, you know, things of that nature. So Microsoft trying some, anybody trying something, I think Elon Musk mentioned he wanted Twitter to be one of these super apps or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, they're going to have a, a, a tough road to hoe to try to launch that, to launch something like that in the United States because we, you know, are where we have a lot of options, but at the same time, we are stuck. We, we are creatures of habit in a sense Mm -hmm. that Twitter is going to be Twitter. Ain't nothing that you can create that's going to replace Twitter because Twitter is Twitter. Same thing with Facebook, maybe less with Instagram because with Instagram, you got legit, uh, competition like, uh, TikTok and, um, uh, Snapchat, you know, to a certain Mm -hmm. extent. But, you know, there are certain properties that it is what it is, right. you know, so ain't nobody coming to replace a Twitter because you can't replace that that thing because it's in and of itself its own organism. Right. Um, hats off to Microsoft for trying, you know, uh, definitely if anybody if any company would be to do it, it would be a Microsoft because they are a software company. They're not a hardware company like Apple. They're not a, a web 
um, search engine like Google, mm-hmm. they are a software development company to where if anybody was going to try to do it, you know, I give, give them hats off of doing it, but it'd be interesting to see if that would work because we got so many different options and we're so in so many directions to where, how could you consolidate all of us in order to make something like that profitable or beneficial? Yeah. So I agree with you wholeheartedly on the Microsoft super app. I think they would have a hard way to go and who knows we'll have to you know keep looking at the news to see if this actually becomes a thing that they truly are working on um, for the very reasons that you said. One of the reasons that WeChat, uh, had, you know, just became so popular, uh, in, in Asia and, you know, in Southeast Asia, uh, you know, um, you know, where it's used just, you know, it, it is the app is because here in the United States, even though our unlimited data isn't unlimited, it's, it's darn close. I mean, I, I think on, on most phones, when you have an unlimited plan, you're probably getting 25 gigs a month. If you use your phone an awful lot, unless you were literally just uploading videos and streaming video and like you're using it as your television, um, you're going to be hard pressed to get to 25 gigs. But in other countries, they truly have metered data. So it's like you may not have, um, a bunch of data to be on. Uh, you know, on WhatsApp and then go over and look at Instagram, and then go over and look at YouTube and then go over and look at Facebook and then go over and look at, you know, um, you know, uh, Snapchat and all these other applications. You may be metered. So your data is very precious to you. And then I know in a lot of places, WeChat has worked out deals to where their data doesn't cost you anything. It's like you can use their platform and it doesn't cost you data. So that's how they were able to, well, we can get a lot of people who are going to use our banking because we're not charging their data. We're going to get a lot of people who are going to use our, uh, you know, our stores because we're not charging them data. We're going to get a lot of people who are using our, you know, image sharing because we're not charging them data and all the things that WeChat does. If that's not costing you in your data plan, it's going to be relatively easy to get a lot of people who are going to buy into that one ecosystem because it really is the only option that they had. As you said before, it's like they just couldn't necessarily, you know, you know, you have folks who I couldn't afford to go get a data plan that was going to allow me to use the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the, you know, and, and the TikToks and everything else. So I think that's a big part of it. The other thing, the, the other part, and I kind of mash these two stories together was Instagram, um, and Instagram notes kind of going after Twitter to give you some, you know, a, a more of a text based relationship mm-hmm. with, uh, Instagram. Um, like Twitter, you, you know, when you think of Twitter, you can put all kinds of pictures and videos on Twitter, but I think when most people think of Twitter, they think of text message type, uh, style mm-hmm. messaging. Mm-hmm. That's how it grew. I mean, mm-hmm. you used to be able to actually send tweets via your text messaging, um, you know, on your phone back in the day when the company first launched. No one really does it that way anymore, but that's kind of how it started. Um, I wonder if Instagram, as big as they are, if they could really do that, because may- maybe this is just me and this may be a demographic and an age thing. I don't really use Instagram anymore because I don't really understand Instagram anymore. I used to think that I would go to Instagram and I'd just look at pictures. And that's not really what Instagram is to the point to where the CEO of, you know, of Instagram has said that that's not what it's for anymore. It's like, no, they, they are full video. So they're full video and they're full. Uh, I don't even know what they call them, but what they call Instagram reels. That's like another way to do video. Yeah. And, you know, they're doing the it's, TikTok you know, like stuff. It's all this different stuff on the platform. Uh, Me scrolling through Twitter. I scroll through Twitter faster than I scroll through Instagram simply because with Twitter, like you mentioned, it's more text based. I'm looking for comments. I'm looking for quick news, something I can retweet, something I can, you know, check out the thread, whatever the case may be. On Instagram, I see a picture. I scroll. I see a video that I'm interested in. I stop. 
And then mm-hmm. depending on how long the video is, 60 seconds, you know, however long the reels are versus how long just regular video is, I'm going to be there a little bit longer. And I think the CEO of Instagram figured that out and was like, yo, no, 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 no. Pictures, nah. We video <laughs> now. Only right. Because they're trying to get people to stop scrolling, right? Um, bringing back the or trying to bring a text, uh, text based, um, I don't know, feature to Instagram. You know, again, it's just them trying to, all right, well, what do people, how do we, you know, people are complaining about Twitter. Uh, how do we get those people instead of making Instagram its own thing, kind of like Twitter, right? Instagram can be duplicated and copied and have a lot of competition is because they out there trying to duplicate and copy and trying to take competition, right? Mm-hmm. Versus Twitter, you know, they've tried it a little bit with like the spaces, you know, to, to com- combat the, um, uh, clubhouse thing, mm-hmm. you know, they Which tried you to do that. I think, I think Twitter spaces actually worked for Twitter, you know, for talking, you know, when's the last time you've been to a clubhouse? I know it's still a thing, I never, but it ain't, it ain't as big of a thing as it was. No, I'll definitely jump on a space. I don't do it at all, but if I had my choice, I would do Twitter mm-hmm. spaces, but you know, Twitter has also failed. You know, they tried to do the, um, the, uh, reels, the, the, uh, not the reels, but the stories. You go to mm-hmm. Instagram, you got a option to just scroll through posts or the people you follow. They put stories and you can kind of click through those. Twitter tried that, didn't work, you no. know, but, uh, the, 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 the thing, the thing that makes Twitter Twitter will never change, right? Instagram, their thing was pictures. They, they completely switched over, right? So again, that just goes back to, you know, um, I think we were talking earlier about, you know, uh, Microsoft making a super app. They're going to have to do, I mean, something awesome to get people to leave like a Twitter, you know, to get them to leave their Uber app or for them to leave their Apple news, you know, or for them to leave to, to not use Venmo or cash mm-hmm. app because we're so stuck in that's how you do things over here. Right. Uh, to where they would really have to come up with some dope to kind of get people off those platforms. Uh, if anybody can do it, it's Microsoft, but whew, that'd be a tough one, you know? Yeah. So look, just look at how it worked trying to get them people off of iPhones and Androids that didn't work too well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. My, Microsoft failed, uh, research. Well, they're not even called research in motion anymore. Blackberry has essentially failed. Folks may not even remember this. For about 15, 20 minutes, Facebook actually had their own phone. You remember that? The Facebook phone? What? Uh, it was an Android, right? Uh huh. But it yeah, wasn't so. just, it, it wasn't Google's version of Android. It was Facebook's right. version of Android. So, um, if anybody has like an Amazon Fire tablet, they are running Android, you know, from Meta or from Meta. You know, they're running Android from, uh, what is Google's parent pixel? What, what is Google's parents company name? I can't think of alphabet alphabet. So they are running Android from alphabet. It's just not the Google version of it. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that has all the Google services. And I actually got that phone and it was just, it was just not great. It was, you know, <laughs> it, it was just, it was, there's a reason why most Android devices run Google's version of Android because Google has thought about all of the software. Uh, you know, on, on the devices, but Amazon, like I said, a- Amazon doesn't seem to be having problems selling fire tablets. Uh, you know, if you want to get a cheap Android device, but it ain't going to be the Amazon, same as, get- but Amazon tried a, a fire phone that flopped. Yeah. yeah so uh, Microsoft tried windows phone. They had the best go at it, but eventually it flopped. But I think the difference between like a Microsoft and an Amazon, they tried to do something new 
which makes BlackBerry Research in Motion, who own BlackBerry. BlackBerry had it. They had. They had it. They had Arrogance. it. And they and they did not expand. They did not try new things. They stuck to their guns, uh, which makes them a little bit different because they had it and they let iPhone, they let Apple, and they let Google scoop up all their people, and they didn't want to change. Right? Um, Go get me in my feelings, Microsoft. (laughs) (laughs) But Microsoft, like I said, they try something new with uh, Windows Phone, you know, and they had the they had the manpower, they had the money. They had the resources to do it. So, like I said, if anybody's going to try to, you know, start a super app that combines all of these different services and platforms and and features that we use, it'd be Microsoft because they got the manpower, they got the money, they got the resources. Right. So, Terrence, we are to that part of the show where we normally would shout out our new patrons. We had three last week. Unfortunately, we didn't have any new patrons this week, so hopefully we'll get some more um, for when we come back. This will also be our last live show of 2022. So we're going to take a little bit of hiatus. We'll uh, yeah, get you some good break. replays or or, you know, maybe something, you know, a little something, something here or there, uh, you know, to fill the, uh, you know, to fill the RSS up. But this is going to be our last live show of 2022 but uh, you yeah, know try I, to uh, join our, our discord is public ain't it yeah i'm just oh you know what yeah, yeah it will be come next year all right it, all it right. might be yeah, come yeah, next yeah. week but uh but yeah so you know that, that is a change that we are that we are uh looking to make on our discord to where you no longer will have to actually be a patron to get on our discord there will clearly be patron you know exclusives inside of our discord but as far as just joining it that is something we you know we have been talking about here for a little bit so we're going to go ahead and open that up so definitely by next year maybe by next week or next week you know next week or two when i got some time we'll get that thing open up to everybody but anyway once you go ahead and tell folks how they can get at you yeah yeah, sure you can find me on uh the internet's at brother tech s-b-r-o-t-h-a-t-e-c-h and i think i'm going to be on DTNS in a week or so from now. So I'll keep y'all posted. Uh, definitely, um, either w- whether I'm on there or not, definitely, you know, check out DTNS for giving us the initial platform. And like I said, you know, I think I'll be on there next week. So if you want to follow me over there too, since we won't be, uh, doing this show, like I said, you can find me over there. Uh, I think the 20th of December, I think. Don't quote me on that. But until then, follow me on Brother Tech, get all the news. B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things and we are at the tech John on all the things. And as I said, we, we are on discord. We're going to be opening that up. So just pay attention to your Twitter and to your Facebook and to your whatever socials you're using, because that's going to be something to where you can come and holler at us there as well. So Terrence, until we meet again in not a week's time, until we meet again next year. Peace. Peace. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 